What is up, everybody? How's it going on this glorious Friday? You're tuning in to Five Star Friday. We in here. We in here. We in here. We in here. What is going on, everybody? What is up? I hope you all have enjoyed your work, your week so far. Hopefully, maybe you're off the weekend. I don't know if not. You know, you the grind never stops. But if you do get to enjoy your weekend, you get to start it off right here, right now, with some Five Star Friday action. So, we got a special guest today, guy by the name of Tony Cade. Um, he is a comic book shop owner. He is a comic book uh, creator. He's going to be in here with us. Um, he's going to be running just a tad bit late just because his schedule doesn't stop. Sorry about that. I had some weird feedback in the headphones. Uh, his schedule doesn't stop. So he's closing down his shop right at 7. So he's going to close down the shop, hop in. But until then, you're just stuck with me. And I'm going to share the screen right now and kind of show off um, some of his his stuff. So let's get this popping on here. I'm going to show this right here. As you can see, this is the Fox Chronicles, okay? So this is his um, book that is currently on Kickstarter. I'm going to go ahead and post on the um, Powwam Bam page. I'm going to post from here. I'm going to post the Kickstarter link in there. We'll have it in there for you guys by the end of today. For you guys can get in there and uh, support it. They're already funded. So everything else just goes towards... Uh, everything else is just going to go towards them stretch goals. So he's in here now. We're going to get him in here remove this bring him on what's up homie hey how's it going man it's going bro i know you i was just telling him that you're a busy guy you're running oh yeah literally just closed the shop like one minute ago <laughs> so just closed the shop tony cade is in the building everyone uh ready to talk about this comic book ready to talk about the ins and outs of maybe uh owning the comic book shop maybe drop some knowledge for us today Tony Cade, man, go ahead and tell them just a little bit about yourself, buddy. Um, well, my name is Tony Cade. Uh, I've been involved in uh, the local fandom pretty much here in the Atlanta area since the mid-80s. I uh, first got introduced to uh, large conventions and the whole media circus uh, back when I volunteered to be a staff photographer for the Atlanta Fantasy Fair and went on to become a photographer for Dragon Con, which you know, I know it's like yeah. one of the largest conventions here in the city. Call. <laughs> of course, people want to call after hours. That's all right. That's all right. Businessman never it never stops for a guy like you, man. So, for one, let me just say congratulations on your guys' current uh, Kickstarter for the Fox Chronicles. You guys have reached your goal, and you still have twelve days left. So that to me is just awesome. Um. Congratulations on that, man. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm really happy about it. You know, I'm glad, you know, the stress has been kind of like, you know, alleviated from it. 
because yeah. I've been involved with uh, other Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. uh, I assisted with the uh, the Kickstarter for the trade paperback for Route Three, but from Robert Jeffrey, and also uh, the Gilded Age uh, that was done by uh, John McGuire. So I kind of like assisted with those, mm -hmm. but this is the first one where I was actually like in charge of like the whole Kickstarter, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like kind of nervous and nerve wracking for me, you know. Plus yeah. I had to like you know run the shop. While trying to do the Kickstarter, so you know it was very nerve wracking. I can I can imagine even uh, for myself, I've ran three Kickstarters, had three successful kick card, uh, Kickstarters, and I know that is a very um, stressful time when you're just hoping because you know you, you you got the project in mind and you want people to you want to get it in people's hands, and it is a stressful time. But like you said, that part is over now. It's just fun. Uh, well, not not necessarily fun. It's still work. It's got to be done, but. Uh, the fun part is just unlocking them stretch goals. And hopefully, if you're watching this, like I said, we'll put the Kickstarter link down in the comments. And you guys can go and check out that Kickstarter um, for the Fox Chronicles. So now that we're on the topic of the Fox Chronicles, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? Uh, I know I got a little bit from the campaign page. Uh, I know it's, you know, galactic battles. And all that fun space stuff, but it also, you know, ties in with some social issues. I think I heard on another interview that it has to deal with maybe some trafficking. Oh, yeah. Human trafficking. Human trafficking. We're going to be tackling. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and just tell the people who's watching uh, about the Fox Chronicles. Okay. All right. Uh, well, basically, um, I was approached by a couple of artists that I worked with before about working on a character that I created. And... They were basically like a week apart when they approached me about it. And at the time, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to go and produce any more comics. You know, I'd already started doing the Atlanta Fantasy Fair convention and, you know, was, you know, working on other, you know, projects. But I thought that, hey, if two guys are going to be hitting me up, you know, on different parts of the world saying they want to, like, you know, do a story for me, I probably shouldn't pass up on it. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's go ahead and stuff. And we're going to, like, re envision everything. And what we're going to do is make sure we start telling stories with actual purpose. You know, we're going to give people their fight scenes, their galactic space battles. We're going to give them a little mystery. We're going to give them a little intrigue. But we're also going to, you know, maybe deal with like some social commentary. Because to me, when you talk about stories, I always feel that you should get something out of them. Like when you read, oh, yeah. you know, fables, you know, the fables are there to tell you a story and entertain you. But you're supposed to get something out of it. Uh, when you read like most of the stories that are in the different, you know, religious, you know, books, they're there so you can learn and take something from the stories. Yeah. So that's one of the things I really wanted to do. And when we, uh, Robert and I, Robert Jeffrey, were working on a project that we were doing for the Center for Disease Control, we actually did uh, an animated drama dealing with okay. HIV and AIDS awareness. And that exposed us to like Sabido method. And really got us thinking about the whole thing about, you know, edutainment, you know, mm -hmm. where you entertain, but you also give, you know, education. And we yeah. actually, you know, we were put in front of focus groups with our story and our animation uh, when they were, com were completed. And we actually had like bullet points that had to be met by the CDC that it wanted us to talk about as far as HIV and AIDS awareness. And everything and wow. the bullet points was in our story. We literally had people at the end of it saying, I thought you guys were going to talk to us about HIV and AIDS awareness, not knowing 
that in this cliffhanger story that we had given them, and they were highly upset that we put it on a cliffhanger. But hey, we're comic book guys. We got to do the cliffhanger thing. Yeah, All right. Gotta, so got to. We, we dropped the story on a cliffhanger, and a lot of them absorbed the knowledge and didn't realize that they were being spoken to. Because when you're dealing with like, you know, teenagers and, you know, early mm -hmm. adolescents, they don't want to be preached to. Right. Yeah. And so we were able to basically transfer knowledge to them without them even realizing we had done it. And that's nice. one of the things that we wanted to try to continue to do with the stories that we tell. You know, we want to put knowledge out there, but also nice. entertain you. So we, we yeah. don't want to be preachy, you know. Yeah. And so that's basically yeah. where we're going with the, the, the Fox Chronicles. And while we were working with the CDC, uh, we found out that just diseases are not the only kind of epidemics that the CDC is dealing with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were like, well, what other kind of stuff are you guys are doing? And then that's when they started talking to us about the uh, child trafficking epidemic. Yeah. And that was something that was like really strong uh, here in the United States and over in Asia. And mm -hmm. the town that we live in here is Atlanta. And Atlanta is known for like being a hub. And it's always been a hub. The name of it used to be Terminus. <laughs> and basically, this is where all the train tracks would meet. And that's why we have like all these multiple interstates and a big mm -hmm. round interstate that connects everything. So basically, uh, this city is a hub. Unfortunately, it's a hub for everything good and it's a hub for everything bad. Right, right. So right. we felt that this is a story that we definitely wanted to tackle. And we thought that we'd be able to do it through the animation projects that we were able to do with the CDC. But mm -hmm. since uh, government changed yeah. and we weren't able to keep going forward with that project. Mm -hmm. This is something that we decided that we we're going to take on our own and go forward with it. Nice, man. So it's always dope when you can uh, take comics and make them more than just stories and really try to impact people's lives with the story you're telling. And it sounds like uh, that's the direction you guys are going with the Fox Chronicles. I mean, the art, by the way, is just super dope. Um, so I know you're working with a big team. Um, and you guys are all playing roles. Uh, we couldn't get them all on the show today. Um, so you want to give them shout outs and kind of just explain what everybody's doing, who you got on the arts and, and who you got on the on the writing team? OK, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and start off with, uh, I guess, my partner in crime. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Robert Jeffrey. I always <laughs> can't remember himself where he's the second or third. I think he's the second. But Robert Jeffrey. Uh, he is the writer on this project. Uh, I've been working with him on multiple projects when we used to work together with uh, Terminus Media. And he's gone on to uh, be a part of the DC Writers Workshop. He graduated okay. from that, got to do some work for uh, DC. And he basically built a really good reputation for yeah. doing indie projects, you know, all over the place for different studios. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I definitely, you know, when I told him that I plan on like re-envisioning the character and we had worked mm -hmm. together with the character before, you know, he definitely wanted to come on and work on it. And like I said, you know, we basically came up with like this first issue is like a full 30 pages of actual story. Mm. Man. You know, just to get it, get launched off. And then we've also got uh, uh, Fritz, because uh, he's our uh, illustrator. I'd worked for him, uh, worked with him uh, back when I hired him to work with us on the uh, Nitto Tires project for that corporation where we did the history 
of the company. And he was actually one of the artists that approached me about doing something uh, with the character. And he said he wanted to, you know, to do something. I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's go ahead and make that happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, after we agreed to stuff that he was going to be the artist on the project, he wanted to bring in Candace Hahn, who I literally wanted to work with like years ago. But, you know, even before she started working for Marvel, DC and Dark Horse and all these other companies. Right, you know, right, right. You could see, you know, how great her talent was. Mm -hmm. and she was actually too busy for me to book, you know, even back then. But because she had been doing some covers with Fritz for uh, a Blaze and I also think uh, Valiant, you know, she agreed to come on and uh, color the project. Nice. Nice. You know, so it's like, OK, you know, now I know I've got an art team and a writing yeah. team that can hang with anybody coming mm -hmm. from any company. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, you know, you even at that point, it was like, OK, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, just being a business guy, you know, it's business is pretty much gambling. Right, right, right. And I like to try to make it so that I stack the deck as much as I can. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, also here at the shop, I had a young lady working for me, Leo Pat uh, Patrice Ware. And I could tell just from our conversations that this was uh, a woman who had like a lot of imaginations and mm -hmm. also had, you know, some pretty good writing chops. And so we brought her on board uh, to be co-writer on the project. Nice. Because I wanted to make sure that we kept the field or we kept a story or the character reacting in such a way that a young woman actually would react. Mm -hmm. So uh, she came on board and stuff to, to work on the project. And then at that point, once we decided that the project was, was, was going to happen, I just kind of like put the word out to a lot of my artist friends that we were going to be doing this project. And they were like, "Ooh, ooh, I want to do a cover. You yeah. Know? So then, you know, Marcus Williams, you know, came on board to do uh, one of our variant covers. Uh, like I said, Fritz, you know, did a cover, a wraparound cover that's going to be a Kickstarter exclusive. Uh, yeah. The Kickstarter exclusive cover is only going to be doing for the Kickstarter campaign. It will not be used again. Uh, we brought in uh, Sheldon Mitchell, who uh, did a lot of work on uh, Naomi, Naomi, and also uh, used to do some uh, illustrations for Top Cow. He came in to do illustrations. And then another young lady uh, that I work with, uh, Levada O'Neill, uh, she did some artwork and some covers with us. She did like our animation cover. And, you know, she was trying out a new art style and it just fit perfect for the cover for us. I'm just showing off some of the art that you had sent me. Uh, you can kind of talk about it if you want to. This is the first one here that you had sent me. Um, this is a, looks like a page from the actual book. Well, actually, that's a couple, just a couple of panels. Not even, that's not even the whole page. And then we got this panel here where we get to see some of that uh, some of that that action going on. You know, not not to spoil it, but that's just a small segment right. of a two page spread. Nice. Yeah. I already love just the action that's happening here. Um, with It's just, I can already tell this is something that I want to read. And then you got these beautiful, uh, this beautiful page here. Very. Oh, yeah, I actually uh, think that's, uh, that, that's the first page of the book. Nice. Nice. So you nice. See, you know, what Candace Colors do with Fritz's artwork. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful page. 
And then we got this page here. Is I'm guessing mm -hmm. probably the second. Is this the second page of the book? That's the second page. And then we got. I mean, this right here. And that that's actual an actual panel from the book. Nice. A lot of people are like, "Oh, what cover is this?" I'm like, yeah, that's not a cover. That's yeah. what our interior art looks like. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. You guys got a nice project. And is this the is this the regular cover here? No, that's a Sheldon Mitchell cover. That's okay. going to be our full cover. Nice. Beautiful cover. Love the colors on that. Uh, this one here is probably my favorite. Uh, I love Marcus's work. He just is an, he's on another level. I love this cover here. Then we got this one here. Yeah, that's the one. That's our animation cover of Balaveda. It's beautiful. The colors are just they just really pop. Oh yeah. And then this one here is, is, is probably my second favorite. Uh, I just love all the blue, all the colors in there. And that's a wraparound cover. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're offering a lot. Let me get myself back here on the screen. You're offering a lot in the Kickstarter. Uh, you guys got some nice uh, rewards here. So, like I'm saying, if you're watching this or you watch it later, make sure that you get on there and check out that Kickstarter. Um, you got some awesome uh, stretch goals you want to talk about, or we well, right now, like I said, we we met our goal of eight thousand. Okay. All right, and as soon as we hit uh, the 8,000, we actually released a print by Michael Watson. Oh, okay. For us, uh, when we were on his Chat and Draw show. Yeah. So everybody and stuff that pledges is going to get a digital Michael Watson print. And then as soon as we hit 9,000, there's two more prints that we're going to be releasing to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then we hit 10,000, we're actually going to put a backup story in the book so we're going to nice. give you even more pages and more action nice if we can get up to ten thousand as a stretch goal so we've already got a 30 page book yeah we're going to try to get you even a bigger book nice i mean you guys are killing it you got a lineup like that i mean you got an all-star team on this project the the art pops the character pops you see the character you automatically for me anyway i see the character i already want to know more about the story uh, and then you show me these dope covers, and I'm like, okay, yes, I definitely need to get on this action. I plan on uh, backing the Kickstarter right after this. Um, so not only did you, you know, this is your brainchild. You brought these, you brought this all-star team together, like you were saying earlier, and you can tell in the background. You run a comic book shop, which is a full-time job. Um, what's that like? What? How long have you? How long have you had your own comic book shop? Uh, I've been doing the whole comic book thing since 1994, back when I was young and skinny. Neither one of those things now. <laughs> okay, okay. It looks like an awesome shop. It looks like somewhere I would love to visit. Um, oh, yeah. This is this is just like half of our gaming section behind me. Nice. We, we got like 3,500 square feet. Man, that's an actually awesome outgrown shop. it. I actually need to see about getting a larger spot. Wow. And uh, now I think I heard in the uh, Kickstarter video – this was on a show, or there's a story behind this. It was featured. Oh, in okay. If for those of you who watch Cobra Kai, the okay, comic book yeah. shop that was in season two, episode five of Cobra Kai, where the big fight scene starts before it fills out into the food court in the mall. Yeah, the fight starts right here in the comic shop. Nice, nice, bro. That's awesome. I love that show for and, one. And, and, and the strange thing about it and stuff is that uh, a lot of the guys and stuff that are on the show really yeah. do like comics and games. Sweet. And we actually taught a few of them how to play uh, Magic the Gathering. 
Nice. And they still come and get their Magic the Gathering cards here at the shop. Nice. That's that's dope. So with 2020, so you might actually run into Miguel from uh, <laughs> there you go from the Cobra Kai. Who knows? Who knows? That would be dope. Um, so with 2020 last year, what were some of the challenges that you faced with having a comic book shop? Uh, well, the main thing is that, you know, part of what we do, we do comics and games. Yeah. And so uh, we have a lot of gaming space. We run a lot of tournament tournaments. We have board game nights. Mm. Uh, basically, with you know the pandemic, we had to like shut down yeah. for you know a minimum of two weeks. Uh, during that time period, uh, we were able to basically set up an, uh, a new website, which unfortunately and stuff is having technical problems right now and it's down. Yeah. But we basically inventoried everything in the store, mm-hmm. put it up on the website, and we started doing delivery and curbside service. Nice. So and go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It just happened to be that, you know, fortunately for us, when people have a bunch of extra time, they yeah. can work on their D&D minis. They can work on their gunpla models. Yeah. They can work on their Warhammer, you know, armies and, you know, nice. and paint up all their figures. And we were basically set up to provide, you know, those needs. Nice. So, um, I mean, downside, you're down for two weeks. Or was you long? Was it longer? Was you? Was it just two weeks for you, or was it longer? Uh, yeah. In this state, we we only had to shut down for like two weeks. Okay. So we, you we shut down for two weeks and okay. use that time to create an inventory, a brand new website. Yeah. So I mean, you took advantage of the time pretty much. I mean, you had to shut down, but you didn't let it stop you, and that's a big thing. I think the viewers can take away. You know, no matter what going on. There's always ways that you can elevate your game and work on another portion that maybe you haven't been able to get to while you were open. So in that website, even though it's down right now, will provide you with other outlets later. I mean, okay. now you'll be able to you'll be able to have that. Right. You'll be able oh, yeah. to have that and you'll be able to use that. You'll be able to not only have the store, but you'll have. So maybe people who are not in town can, come, uh, you know, can still shop online. And uh, so you know, a lot of people, something like that can take him out the game, but you chose to kick it up a notch and say, I'm going to utilize this time and uh, create this website and give myself another outlet. So that's just dope, man. It's dope that you took the time to do that. Um, and then is that where the comic book came into play during that time? You were like, OK, well, actually, the comic was already the even though a lot of people were able to produce like more comic books, you know, yeah. during the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. uh, because of the fact that we were also doing like uh, a convention and that had to be shut down, mm-hmm. you know, the second weekend of March back when everything went bad and yeah. I also had to like make adjustments and changes here at the store. It actually slowed us down on production of a comic book. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, so I, I originally wanted the comic book to come out last year, but because oh, okay, we had okay. to deal with the pandemic, and I had to make sure that you know this place survived. Right, you know, right, 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 right. Uh, the comic project kind of like took a back seat until yeah. you know earlier this year when we got it back in the you know kicked back in, in the full force. Right. It's definitely all about prioritizing and making sure, especially when you're wearing like a man like you, you're wearing so many different hats. Uh, and you got to pick which one. And that's a big thing. Uh, a lot of people don't get that. They think that, you know, 
people, you know, somebody like you, you're superhuman and you're just doing it all at once and you're, you're cranking it out. There's times where you got to, you know, maybe step back on one to get the other one where it needs to be. And then, so it's all about having that balance. Um, there's a question, a few questions that I like to ask people when they're on the show. Um, one, uh, do you, are you a writer? I couldn't remember if you said if, if you were a writer. Are you a writer or do you write comics? Okay. Uh, when we first started this uh, whole thing, so when I first started dealing with like terminated media, yeah, uh, I was writing stories. Okay. Okay. I plotted the story that we're doing right now with the, the Fox Chronicles. Okay. All right. But because I'm working with somebody like Robert Jeffrey, yeah, who was a much more prolific writer than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of those things and stuff that I realized that my strengths are in business. Yeah, and making sure stuff actually gets done. Nice. So okay. that's where I put most of my energy into is handling the business and the marketing and the organization. Nice. Yeah. It's, and it's so, all. And go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know that that's one of those things and stuff is like I choose to kind of like step back mm-hmm. from doing, you know, the heavy lifting of the writing yeah. so that I can, you know, make sure that everything else gets done. That's a key success in anything. Uh, having that support. I know for me, like teaming up when I decided to team up with short fuse and go into that short fuse umbrella. Uh, that's what I got with, you know, with, with Sean Mack and Mike, Mike Watson able to, uh, to have that for myself or I can focus more on the creativity. So that's nice that you knew like, yo, I got to step into this role. Um, but since you are, you have role and you, you still plot out the stories, this question will work for you too. If you could pick a book out of the main two, a character out of the main two that you could write for, who would it be? Oh, that's, that's easy for me. I've always been a humongous fantastic four fan. Nice. You know, because You know, I'm at such a seasoned age. That yeah. uh, I remember the old Hanna Barbera cartoons with the Fantastic Four. Nice. So when I went to the convenience store as a kid to pick up comics for just a quarter, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I gravitated to the Fantastic Four, and nice. so to this day they've always been you know my favorite team, and to, to me they were always a team that most people slept on. Yeah. And you know still but, do. Yeah, still do. <laughs> and the thing about it is and stuff that I'm like okay. They weren't really a superhero team, per se. They were like a family of explorers. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought it'd be like really cool. It's like, all right, what if somebody did like a what if story mm-hmm. where like the Fantastic Four was an actual assault team? Ooh. Where it's like, what if, yeah. you know, somebody, you know, actually, you know, communicate with Reed Richards and it was like, okay, we need you to take out this team or that hero. Ooh, using the members yeah. of the Fantastic Four. Man, that, think that, about how devastating. Yeah. I mean, the, the Avengers are sitting there in the Avengers Mansion having a meeting. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, right in the middle of the meeting, the Fantastic Four pops up. Yeah. And just starts going hog wild on them. Yeah. Yeah, you that know? would be that's a that's a that's a dope com that's a dope concept. I could even make yeah, there's any uh, out there at uh, Marvel that are listening, you know, I'm putting yeah. that out there. You know, that, that's right. my idea. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that'd be a perfect story. Yeah, you know, it, it would show the Fantastic Four in a completely different light. Yeah, because the team is a lot more powerful than they show the team to be. Yeah, especially like the Invisible sure. Woman. Yeah, and you think about the brilliance of Reed. 
Yeah. And the fact that they don't even let the human torch uses Nova Blast abilities even more anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you've got the thing who has fought his way through the Avengers many times mm-hmm. using fighting skills in judo, where he's nowhere near the strongest person right. out there, but he's got the skill you know, except for like maybe Thor and Captain America's got like more fighting experience than right. anybody else. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that would be my dream assignment right there. I know I want to see that. Like I would I would want to read that. That sounds like I'm hoping Marvel maybe I'm somebody needs to hear this. We can get that out mm-hmm. because that's a sick idea. Uh maybe in an alternate universe or whatever they had to do. Um I enjoy the Fantastic Four also, and it's kind of sad to see that they've kind of been pushed aside because they had a few bad movies or whatever. Um but yeah, that's a dope concept. My my next question for you is if you could have one superpower, what would you have? Ooh, one superpower. One. You know, I could be cheesy and say the power cosmic, but now yeah. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I, I think I want Magneto's abilities. Oh, yeah. Okay. Control magne- mag- magnetism. But he also controls, like, other forms of energy also. Right. But right, basically, right. as far as, like, you know, your, your Omega-level mutant is concerned, yeah. nobody's better than Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to be able to have his abilities would be great. You could do a lot of good with that. I mean, there's so or a lot of bad or a lot of bad. That's true. You can do. Um, so that's a good you know, one. I, actually, had- I still remember as a kid reading a book where uh, the Phoenix, you know, Gene Gray flared on him with the, the Phoenix Force powers. Yeah. And he basically just kind of like just tapped into the Earth's magnetic field and just <laughs> shut her down. Yeah. Yeah. Magneto's you know, next like, All right. That's that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're the first person to say both your answers were the were first for the show. So uh, I, I like trying to be creative and original. I, I dig it. I dig it. So you've been in the comic book world for a long time. I mean, how has it how has it evolved over the years um, for you? How has it evolved over the years, and how do you, where do you see it going? Where do you see the comic book world going from here? That that's that's really a tough one. Yeah, uh, because like I said, you know, I started reading comic books. Uh, back when they were twenty five cents, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was one of those poor kids didn't have an allowance, but I knew that you know if I cashed in a pop bottle, I got ten cents. Right. So if I could find three pop bottles, I could trade those pop bottles in for a comic book. You okay. know, trust me, my neighborhood was cleaned up from pop yeah. bottles. I go around, you know, hey, can I dump out people's trash? So I get yeah. pop bottles. You know, man. So so yeah. I, you know, that's how I started off. You know, w- with my comics. Uh. So they've definitely been, you know, a, a part of my life. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I still remember and stuff, you know, being in, in high school and I'd be sitting there reading a the comic book. And of course, most of the time it's probably a Fantastic Four or an X-Men. And, you know, the football player walk up. Oh, look at the little baby reading the comic books. And me just being the jerk that I am, I'd be like, uh, yeah, what's, what's that word? <laughs> you know, and then, of course, everybody would be oohing and on. Yeah. But, uh. I remember uh, when I, you know, got to be a teenager. You know, when you get to be a teenager and stuff, you start looking over and stuff, and you're like, "Hey, she looks pretty nice in that dress," you know. <laughs> and you know, you know, yeah. you you start having those like those those different thoughts. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. yeah. And I remember going to my dad, and I was like, "Hey, dad, 
I thought I'd sell my comic books mm. so that I can get me a car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you know, to this day, I still remember my dad looked at me, and he kind of like cocked his head to the side, and he literally said, "Boy, if you sell those comic books, I'm gonna beat your ass." <laughs> okay. Okay. To this day, women have come and gone. Cars yeah. have come and gone. Yeah. But the comics are still there. Still there. That's and, dope. They, and, they, and they help take care of me. Yeah. So how old were you when you opened up your comic book shop? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> but like they were back in like 94. So what I Okay, okay, that? okay. So 94. That's cool. That's cool. 94. <laughs> uh no, so I was, yeah, I'm still in my twenties, yeah. So, so yeah, you yeah, back, knew, back in ninety four. So you knew off, you know, right out of high school that that's what you wanted to do. Actually, no. Uh, okay. Strangely enough, I was uh, I was editor of my high school newspaper. Okay. And uh, I went to uh, well, I was supposed to go off to the University of Wisconsin, but you know, you know, being you know controlled by hormones at the time, I wanted to go to school uh, with my ex wife. Okay. Uh, who was attending uh, a junior college. And so I actually wound up being an editor of the junior college paper too. So I was actually under the assumption that I was going to be a journalist. Oh, okay. Okay. But then uh, I actually got exposed to photography and then went and got exposed to video production. And so my plans completely jumbled. Yeah. Yeah. And I wound up doing like none of those things. <laughs> I was actually a wedding photographer for quite a while. And that's when a friend of mine, uh, Tim Cummings, came to me and he was like, hey, Tony, I want to open up a comic shop, but I've already sold my back issues. You know, mm -hmm. can you know, will you come in with me and stuff and we use your back issues for the, the shop's collection. OK. And so I was like, OK, well, we can do that. And so we actually found a spot. And uh, it was actually uh, we sub rented from strangely enough my hairstylist. Okay, she, okay. Uh, she rented a whole building, and we took the bottom part, and we started up what we call Midtown Studios. Okay, where we actually had the comic book shop, we had my photography studio, and Don Hillsman, who's an OG, you know, illustrator and inker. Yeah. He's worked for Boom Studios, Marvel, DC, all those guys. Yeah. He opened up an art studio. Nice. And so we had all three businesses in one location. Nice. You that's know, and so that's how I literally got into the comic book business. Nice. All right. And then about right before the 96 Olympics hit Atlanta, because uh, we had to move from that spot that we were in. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my hairdresser wasn't paying her rent, so <laughs> and so that got us all kicked out. All right, so uh, we moved to another location, and toward our lease ending on that one, it was right around the Olympics, and so they started jacking up all the rent around town. Ah, uh. and so uh, my partner at the time and stuff decided that it was time to kind of like you know just shutter the business. Mm -hmm. And just shut it down. And so I took everything and I put it in storage. And after paying for storage for about three months for all that stuff, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And yeah. then I reopened everything else back up by myself. Nice. Nice. And now 
it's it's what you do for a living, and you have yeah, a super, so this super was not in the game plan, yeah, whatsoever. It's as it so happens that you know playing games and reading comics is what I loved, you know, as yeah. a kid, and now I actually get to do those things for a living. Nice, uh, yeah. Just to hear that, just to hear that story is uh is it's inspirational for one. I mean, uh, just to tap in on your age a little. I was four years old in '94, so <laughs> just to hear your journey and you know where you're at now, and you're produ- you know, you're about to drop this uh, dope book with the Fox Chronicles. Uh, it's very inspiring for young, you know, for me, man. So uh, I appreciate having you on the show, man. Uh, I'm glad we got to chop it up a little bit. I hope, uh, like I said, some of the people can get on and support your Kickstarter. And take it to the next level to get them some more of them stretch goals uh, unlocked for you guys. Anything that you want to, you know, say to the people before you go or before we end the video? Um, I guess, you know, the only thing about it is like, hey, you know, I'm a retailer. I've got my built-in focus group yeah. uh, that basically tells me it's like, okay, this is what people like in comics. This is what people dislike in comics. Yeah, uh, I put together a great art team. I've got a really good writing team together. Mm-hmm. I think the Fox Chronicles is something you guys are really going to enjoy. I you agree. know, just go ahead and you know, you know, give our this first issue a try. We're going to be continuing with the storyline. I'm literally using Kickstarter to kickstart, you know, th- this process. Yeah, uh, we plan on producing a lot more content for you guys, and I think you're really going to like it. And hopefully, you know, for you people and stuff that are impatient. We gave you, we're giving you enough cool stuff in the first issue, yeah. To, you know, to, to, so you can keep going, cause I hear all the time people say, "Oh man, you know, that, that that first issue didn't really grab me. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. gonna keep going with it." You know, I keep thinking about when Marvel did like the original Ultimate storyline, yeah, and they used like the first five issues to like kind of like introduce you to these different versions of the Avengers, and yeah. people were like dropping the book, and yeah. then about time issue five hit. You know, everybody was like clamoring and talking about how great the book was. Yeah. So we're not going to make you wait five you issues, you know, to be able to get into it. But, you know, it's one of those things is like, hey, you know, be patient with stories. Yeah. Wait for them to develop. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, somebody shouldn't have to shock jock you with the very first issue. Even though I did give you like, you know, Space Ninjas fighting and, you know, epic space. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, you know, I, you know that's my gift to you. Yeah, we're 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 uh we're spoiled in the world now. You know what I mean? We want that instant gratification, and there's just so many projects that are out there, so many different books that are out there, so many different uh, shows that are out there. You gotta grab that attention right off the bat, and I think with just the covers alone, you guys are doing that. So I don't think you'll have. You I mean obviously you have no problem, you know, hitting your goal. Of, so uh, I don't think you guys have that issue anyway. The art's clean. You can tell that you got a good team on it, and you're able to promote right there in the comic shop. So that's that's a plus. Um, like I said, Tony, man, we appreciate you coming on here, uh, sharing your story, sharing your Kickstarter, and we look forward to seeing what you guys uh, come up with next. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. No problem, man. Have a good night, buddy. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good Easter, okay? All right, you guys have a good one. See ya. All right, everybody, there you go. That was Tony Cade uh, doing his thing, dropping some knowledge on us, uh, the ins and outs of the comic book world since he's been a part of it. 
and the uh, dropping the knowledge for the Fox Chronicles. Dope, dope art for that. The story looks super good. Uh, like I said, I'm hopping on and I'm going to support the Kickstarter. You guys should do the same. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And like I said, have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy your family. Uh, enjoy your Easter. And we will catch you guys next Friday. All right. Peace out.